Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. I would like to preach uh, this morning on how to kill a giant. How to kill a giant. Well, first of all, why do you even want to fight a giant? You know, the last time I checked, going into battle is expensive. Going into a battle is risky. You could lose. Going to the battle is exhausting. It is high risk. Why even have a battle with a giant? Why not just run away? Well, the reason is twofold. Two reasons why we want to fight and kill a giant and have this battle. Number one, just like the world heavyweight champion, boxer, he wants that title, doesn't he? He sees the title, this big gold belt that fills his belly, and, and it goes around his way. And let's, let's be honest, if there's a boxing title out there to win, you want the heavyweight world championship belt. That is what you want. So he's prepared to fight for it. He's prepared to go into the ring and face another giant to win that title. Maybe you've seen something in the Bible, and you think, you know what? I want that. I'm prepared to fight for that. I would like that. Maybe you're thinking, God, I could really do with a new promotion. In my job. That's something worth fighting for. Well, maybe you want something that God has promised. You want it. That's good. First reason why you fight is because you want something. The next reason you fight is because you need to defend what you got. Because there's another giant out there who wants your stuff. Because maybe you are already the world champion, heavyweight champion, and somebody says, I'm going to take that belt from you because I want the title. Let's face it. South Africa is the ruling, reigning world rugby champions. Okay? It is. Okay? We just taught Italy a lesson. Don't mess with us. Okay? We know what we're doing. We are the world champions. But I tell you, every nation in the world is lining up because they want to take our title. And no, we're not. Are we, JC? No. Come on. Preach it, brother. Come on. We're not going there. So, listen. They want to attack what we got. They want to take away. The enemy might be trying to take something that belongs to you. I am the healthy And the devil tries to rob me by putting sickness on. So I'm defending my title of health. I'm defending my job that God has provided for me. There's loads of different things. Maybe it's your finances being under attack. Maybe it's your employment under attack. They called you and said, here's a retrenchment letter. I don't know what it is. Hey, maybe like me for the last year or two, I've been fighting just keeping my weight under control. And it's a daily struggle. Giants. They're huge, about that long and that wide. <laughs> Some of you might raise your hand and say, Wayne, I'm battling with my health, my finances, and my weight. I'm battling with a whole lot. Put it all together. I'm fighting a giant right now. Well, I want to tell you, you can kill a giant this morning, and you can win. You can win. These are verses in the Bible uh, that kind of explain something to us, and I'd like to read it for you. It says, Though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I would like to tell you something. The battle that you're facing is here and now in the physical realm. You can touch me, my health, my finances, my family. This is the world we live in. This is where the battle is. This is where the devil works. He likes to fight in the physical realm and mess with you. The first realm that the devil operates in is this world in which we live. It is him who is messing with politicians' minds, creating wars, messing with culture, 
creating all these things. It's the devil's zone. But the Bible says something else. Our first realm is this earthly fleshly realm. But it says this in Ephesians. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. So there's another realm. The realm where God lives up there. Paul talks about going up into the third heaven. And maybe in a little time I'll tell you about the different heavens that we have. But there's another realm above this earth called the heavenly realm. Ephesians 2.6 says, And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. There is another realm that we operate in. The devil is here on this earthly realm in our atmosphere that we breathe, in this realm. But there's another realm above that called the heavenly realm. I want to ask you a question this morning. What realm are you operating in? I was going down to Wales, and on my way, I got to go through Birmingham area, and there's four lanes on the motorway going down, and on the left, there's two lanes, and I see on the signs above me, go left if you want to go to London, I think it was, or something like this, and then on the right-hand side of the screen, it says, or the sign, it says, stay on here to go on the M, whatever it is, toll road or whatever, yeah, yeah that one, and I have to make a decision which one do I want to go on. So I start listening to my Google Maps, and a pretty lady on there says, Wayne, stay in the right-hand lane. <laughs> I'm hearing what lane to go in. I'm seeing what lane, and I've got a decision to make. I've got a, it's thoughts are going in my head. I have to decide which one, because you see, the one lane will take me to a destination. It could be death. Another lane is taking me to another destination. It could be life. And I have to de decide which lane, which voices in my head I'm going to listen to. If I stay in the left inside, I'm going to go into fear and death. If I stay in the right inside, I'm going to lie. But I've got to decide. I've got to look at the lanes. I've got so much going on in my head. I've got emotions. I've been, down, I've been down that motorway once before. And there's a jam for five hours. I said, do I go again? What do I do? What do I do? And I'm so anxious. I don't know what to do. Listen to this. And through the death of Jesus, Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The left two lanes of my road <laughs> was going to take us to fear and death. The root cause of all fears, all phobias, is death. You know that. Every single phobia is death. You are scared of spiders. Why? Because you've heard somebody who was bitten by a spider, it swelled up, and then what happened? They had to amputate the, the, the arm, and the gangrene just carried on spreading, and then they, they had an epileptic shock or something, whatever that word is, and, and next thing they're in a hospital, and then they died. And now you see with your eyes a spider walking, and we've all heard about the black widow, and you jump back into, oh, what am I going to do now? And thoughts start going through your head. If that thing bites me, I'm going to swell up. They'll have to cut off my arm. I'm going to land up in hospital, and I'm going to die. So you have a fear of phobia, and you paralyze. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's why we have the TV program. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Because we love watching people squirm. Because we're messing with their brain. We're messing with their fear. 
Stop laughing. Some of you guys are actually doing something else. You're afraid of heights. You can't even go in the elevator. You can't go on an airplane. You're terrified to death. Why? Not just the words. Terrified to death. What is the problem? You're scared that if you go up, you could stumble. If you stumble, you could trip and fall. If you fall, you could roll off the edge. If you roll off the edge, you'll fall down onto the ground. And you're going to go splat. And you'll be dead. All fears are rooted in the fear of death. But that verse says, Jesus destroyed the devil. Now I'm confused. If the devil is destroyed, then who's messing around on this world? That word there, the Greek word, you need to understand, does not mean obliterate. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean that God has eliminated the devil. The word there is to render powerless. Unemployed, actually. It's often translated. God has, or Jesus has, made the devil unemployed. He has no power. He's a lion with no teeth. The question is, where? These two realms. I'm telling you that he's rendered powerless in the heavenly realm. God says he's a God of this world in the earthly realm. So when the devil comes to fight, he's down here with his boxing gloves. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to beat you up. But he's got no power authority in the heavenly realm. That's where God resides. Everything comes into our mind and we have to decide, are we going to go to the left or to the right? Here's a verse for you. My child, give attention to my words. Incline your ear, physical ear, to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. You see, the eyes and the ears are gates. That's where all information comes. This is in the natural world. You've got natural ears, natural eyes. Do not let them depart from your midst of your heart or guard it, protect it. Whatever goes into your ears and your eyes will go into thoughts, into your heart. From your heart will determine, are you going to go to life or are you going to go to death? Are you going to the left or are you going to go to the right? What decision are you going to make? Look at the next part. It says, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. We are setting our eyes and our ears on what God says, on the realm above. And watch this. The heavenly realm can invade and override the physical realm. So when I choose to focus on the heavenly realm and I focus on that realm, the God zone can come down and impact and fix and change this realm. We were singing that song all, earlier, Almighty God. The Almighty God is up there, but when I start to proclaim what He can do, He comes down and He overrides and changes the physical realm. Somebody say, Amen, I'm preaching better than you. <laughs> God, your heart, for with diligence... For out of it springs the issues of life, your employment, your family, your relationship, all come from there. I want to ask you, what are you thinking on? Because it will either develop faith or it's going to develop fear. And if you're developing fear, you're heading to the left. You're going to the road to destruction. could result in death. But if you base it in faith, you're going the other direction, life. You choose that verse we started with says, we don't walk in this realm, or war in this realm. We walk here, but we don't war here. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now it tells us what to do. 
capture those thoughts. Cast down those imaginations. Those arguments. Where are those arguments? In your head. When Google Map tells me something different to that. And I don't know what to do. Cast them down. Everything that high and exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The battlefield is in your mind. Well, I'm finished for this morning. Amen. That's all I've got to tell you. But I'd like to just tell you one story where there's somebody in the Bible that actually practiced this. Would you like to hear of it? His name is Moses. Moses, he's at the burning bush. He's in the backside of the, the wilderness. And God appears to him in a burning bush. And God says to Moses, So I've come down to deliver the children of Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians and bring them up into the land, a good land, flowing with a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'll put a whole lot of blah, 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 blah there because... (laughs) And finally it says at the end, I will be with you. Now stop. I could not believe what I saw when I read this. God said to Moses, So I have come down. From where? Heavenly realm to in earth to invade earthly realm. Oh, come on, guys, that's good. Somebody should never seen that before. Yes, wow. That's amazing. God comes down and he says, I want to give you a promise. Here is the title deed. This is what Moses wants. The children of Israel in slavery for 400 years to the Egyptians. They want out. This is their promise. This is what's fighting for, worth fighting for. You with me? I will be with you. Oh, I remember Gordon preaching a sermon just a couple of weeks back. He says, hold my hand. I want to be with you, and I can help you, and I will help you. I can trust him, and God is saying, I will come with you. Steve preached and said, hey, come with me. We're going on an adventure. And Moses says, yeah, cool. We're going on an adventure because God is with us. Blah, 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 actually says, to the place where the giants live, the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pesarites and the Havites and the Jezebites. Can I just tell you something? Just because you've been set free doesn't mean you're not going to have a fight in your hands. Just because you give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean everything's always going to be rosy and perfect. You are going to find, fight, find yourself fighting giants. You are going to find yourself in battles. You are going to find those thoughts going through your head. You are going to find attacks on your body and your health and your mind and everywhere else. What do you think on? The giants? Or are you going to focus on God being with you? You choose. One path goes to the left. One path goes to the right. Life and death are set before you. You choose. You can either choose to think on faith or you can think on the fear things. Your choice. Moses, I want to read this out of the Bible for you. I've got my Bible here. So Moses is all excited. He goes to Egypt and he goes to Pharaoh and says, listen, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no, I'm not. And God does incredible 10 miracles, mighty signs that come on there. You know the plagues that came. Uh, there was frogs, and, uh, not crickets, but uh, sounds like 
celebrity, get me out of here, doesn't it? You know, uh, frogs, help me out, blood and the water. Uh, sorry? Gnats and lice and everything. And the last one was the worst, obviously, because I can see you guys are going to fail this test. Um, so the last one was where all the firstborn are killed, except if you've done what Moses gave you instructions, and they are set free. Finally, the Pharaoh says, get out. Just take the money, take the gold, go. Please, just go and leave us alone. And they've got the victory. Oh, they're walking out to the promised land. And this is the story. So they took their journey. This is Exodus chapter 13, verse 20. 21 says, the Lord went before them. Didn't he promise to go before them? Yeah, he did. I'll go before you in a pillar of cloud, lead you all the way by day, by night, and I will be with you. So they went, and the pillar of fire was there, and the cloud was with them. Now it was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and turned against the people. And they said, what have we done? They were our slaves. So he made ready his chariot, it says in verse 6 of chapter 14. And he also took 600 choice chariots, the best that Egypt had. Can you believe it? The very best enemy. Pharaoh and his army comes along and chases after them and pursues them. The children of Israel have walked now to the Red Sea. There's mountains on one side, the sea in front of them, and they turn around and they look, and here comes the Egyptians. And when Pharaoh drew near in verse 10, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Eyes? 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 You with me? Eyes? And behold, the Egyptians uh, were coming after them. So they were very afraid. What were they focusing on? They saw the Egyptians, their fear grabs their hearts. And they cry out, Moses, what have you done to us? Because were there not enough graves in Egypt? You brought us here into the wilderness to die. No one ever talked about dying. Pharaoh said he wanted them back as slaves. Their brains were working overtime and they started to think things that weren't even real. Pharaoh was going to grab them and take them back. And besides, they had forgotten that God was going to be with them. Is this not what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve here because we don't want to die in the wilderness. What was happening? What was in their ears and in the eyes started to come out of their mouth because that's what was in their hearts. They were choosing the left. They were choosing fear. They were getting into the wrong direction, leading to death. There's a choice set before you. Are you going to think on faith or you fear? You choose. Moses comes to the rescue in verse 13. And he gives us a little bit of advice here. And Moses says, do not be afraid. That means he's a choice. I couldn't believe it. Someone phoned me and said, Wayne, you've got to watch this survivor, this, this celebrity thing, get out of the jungle thing. And I watched the very first, I've only watched the first episode, that was enough. And there was a famous guy, um, you all know him, he, he's linked to the royal family somewhere, I'm not allowed to use his name on TV, so I, I haven't a clue who, he's, who he is, but anyway, he's famous, and he comes there, and they had to go in the helicopter, and they had to jump out of this helicopter with a parachute, but you know, they're still scared, so, and he, this girl is screaming, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, and he turns to her and says, fear is a choice. Uh, have you been reading my notes? I couldn't believe it, fear is a choice, you choose. You choose. Stand still. Do not be afraid. And you will see the salvation of the Lord that he will accomplish today. The Egyptians that you see, you'll never see again. You will not have to fight. Who told him that? God didn't. God hasn't spoken yet. 
Who told Moses to tell the people that they don't have to fight, that God's going to fight on their behalf and you won't see the Egyptians ever again? Do you know what Moses chose to think about? He decided to think back. Hang on a minute. I remember when I was a little baby and how God saved me when I was floating down the river. I remember when I was in the wilderness and God appeared in a fiery bush and the bush wasn't consumed and I saw the miracle there. I decided to remember all the ten plagues where he came through strong. I throw down my stick and boom, it turned into a snake. I chose to remember the fleas and the frogs and the everything else. I remember all that. I put my trust in him. Hey, God's not leaving us. He's with us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. So he chose to think on those things. He was choosing the right, what leads to life. The people choosing the ones going to death. You choose. Which realm would you like to fight the devil from? I want to give you three points. Just three. Just three. How to kill a giant. Moses gives us this in the next couple of verses. The instructions. Moses said the following things. Listen to this. He said to the children of Israel, Shut up! I'll put an ask there. Watch your mouth. The actual translation says, Be quiet! With an exclamation mark. So I put a couple of extra liberties in there, seeing as I'm a preacher. How would you talk to someone who's going on all the time? Shut up! Please give me a rest! Watch your mouth! Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then you are hearing what you are saying and you're reaffirming the negative fear thoughts and that's going into your heart and you're choosing and reinforcing your death road all the time. Keep quiet. I challenge you, just listen to what somebody says and you'll immediately tell if they're going on the left or the right what's coming out of their mouth because that's what's inside their heart. He says, be quiet. Stop that. Don't listen to that. Be quiet. Oh, when I need a couple more verses. Okay. What did God tell Joshua to do when they were fighting and they were going to take Jericho? March around the city and be quiet. Shh. Stop it with the negativity. Stop it. Get a grip. Watch your mouth. Oh, when I need another one. Okay, I'll give you another one. Jesus himself going to heal Jairus' daughter. He goes there and they're wailing. She's dead, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And all they're doing is telling the problem. He says, get them out. Shut up, get out. Faith, I'm killing my thoughts. I want to focus on what God says, not on what the devil's doing. What are you entertaining? What's going in your mind? Because the battlefield's in your mouth. Number one point that I want you to remember, please watch your mouth. My feet are killing me. Really? Don't take this personally, anyone. I feel a cold coming on. You choose. If there's something coming around, I'm going to get it. You better believe it. I'm staying here. Everything I buy, when I buy it, it's always broken. Yeah, yeah. You'll be there at the shops with the seconds on January the 1st trying to get your refund. Because everything you... Could it be with your foul mouth, you're actually activating the wrong force. You're fighting in the wrong zone. You're in the wrong region. You're in the wrong realm. 
and you're trying to fight the devil with, fire, with his fight, and you are going to lose. Sorry for being so blunt, but please shut up. It's okay not to be okay, but don't stay not okay. So you can come to me and say, Wayne, can I please pray for me on the prayer court? Uh, this, is a, this is a problem. Fine, I've got it. I got it. I do not need to hear the history lesson about it. That your uncle had it and your auntie had it and everything else had it and the, the whole history. God help me, save me, get me, beat me up, Scotty. I want out. And you say, Wayne, you're being so hard on the people. Moses had to be hard with the people because they were about to go to death. I'm not doing it because I don't love you. I'm doing it to save you. Because I can see what's coming out of my mouth. Do you know that Claire was telling me these, this Jahari window, these things that I don't even know about blind spots in my own life. I can't see. And when I talk, I don't even hear it. She has to point out and say, when did you hear what you just said? And I say, oh, what did I say that for? Because it's habit. It's... And you say, oh, Wayne, you're being pedantic. This was not in my notes. I shouldn't do I was told not to do this. Stick to your notes, Wayne. Number two. Point number two. Point number two. Moses goes and says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Point number two, when you're fighting a giant, before you fight, zip your mouth, number one, go to God, number two. Say, Lord, what do you say about this? What do you say about this sickness? Let me check. By his stripes, I am healed. Let me check another one. And he went around and did good and healed all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. He died on the cross. And he took my grief and my sorrow. By his stripes I'm healed. Let me take another one. Beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health. That's God's word. I'm getting it in my ears and I'm getting it in my eyes. And I'm putting it in my heart. What about my finances? Lord, what you? Let me check it out. I don't know what God's... I'm going to go to his word. That's his will, isn't it? It says there, give and will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Yes. A tithe, and I'll open for you the windows of heaven. I'll give you such a blessing, there will be not enough room to contain it. Yes. I get the word of God. Well, what do I do about my employment? Well, doesn't the Bible say over here, ask and you shall receive, knock and it will be opened. Ecclesiastes says, he's given us work for us to enjoy the fruit of our labor. Thank you, Lord, for that promotion. I'm going to start to contend for this. Well, whatever thou will be done. Amen. Oh, oh stop being so soppy. Get the word of God on it and find out what he actually said. <laughs> Thy will be done. I'll slap you. <laughs> of course it's his will. He wrote it in the book. This is his will. This is what he wants. He told about, he sent Jesus to die for you. If he sent Jesus, surely he'll give you all things. <laughs> My goodness, online, are you listening to me? Stop putting up with the devil. God never uses the devil's tic-tacs to teach us anything. He sent his word to correct us and train us and set us free. Obviously, it's his will. He wouldn't have put it in the book if it wasn't his will. Thank you. I receive that amen. What realm are you fighting for? Watch this. What did he say to Joshua? Keep this book of law, the Bible, the Word of God, on your lips and meditate on it day and night. If you go to the doctor, we've got a whole lot of doctors in this room. How often do you prescribe medicine? Take one in the morning, one at night. Duh. Well, if you're going to get healed with your Bible, take one in the morning, take one at night. Come on, read the Word of God. Get it inside your ears and your eyes because you're developing faith. It's not rocket science. 
We just have to do it. Then you will be successful and prosperous, it says. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. I choose not to be afraid. You know what? When the fear starts to get there and I start to, the thoughts start going in my mind, I have to change the thought pattern. I have to do something differently. You can't stay in the dark. Switch the light on. The devil attacks us at night when it's dark, when it's two in the morning and the pain seems most severe. It's amazing. I switch the light and I go down and say, it actually isn't as, thought, as sore as I thought it was. Yeah, it's a little bit stiff. You know what? I'll just walk around a little bit and, yeah, that, actually, that's not so bad. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll go back to sleep. But when you're lying there, the pain grows. Have you noticed that? It gets stronger and stronger. And then you can't breathe. And the panic stacks talk to heaven because your mind is going. Switch the light on. Get the word of God and say, what's he say about it? Go to our YouTube, YouTube channel and get the worship and just watch the worship. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be a long sermon. <laughs> I'm so off my notes this morning, but I'm fired up. Sorry. I was telling Gordon I was on a communication course. I've broken every rule so far. <laughs> Well, what was I thinking? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Number one, what was it? Watch your mouth. Number two, please do speak the word of God and get the word of God. Find out what he says. Number three, do you know what God says to Moses? He says this. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Stop all this moaning. He says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Lift your rod. Stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. I love that. Divide, divide the sea. Come on, Moses, just take your rod and just... just, just. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Wait. He's doing what God said. So the heavenly realm starts to invade the earthly realm. Moses goes up to the sea. Go forward. He does. He goes, stands there. He takes his rod and does this and this. And nothing happens. <sighs> Bit chilly now. Yeah? Nothing happens. Do you feel that? My goodness, there's a breeze blowing. I think I'm going to go to bed. While he's sleeping, the breath of Almighty God comes from the heavenly realm down to the earthly realm. And the wind of God, the Ruach breath of God, starts to split that water. While you're sleeping, God is working. I don't have to freak out. and How's God going to do it? I don't care. It's not my job. It's his. All I have to do is put it in my ears, on my lips. I say, Lord, I trust you. He is going to protect and provide for me. I'm going to go to sleep. <sighs> the breath of God. Isn't that amazing? Wow, look at this. Look at this. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong wind. And all that night, he made and divided the land, the, the sea into land, and the waters were divided. God made it. God made it. God did it, not me. I can't heal anybody. I'm just doing what he tells me to do, and I leave the work to him. God did. We have that victory. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. You know something? I'm scared. Because... If I just trust God, what happens if he doesn't come through for me? Can I trust him? Can I trust him? Listen to this. They go to sleep that night. Nothing's happening. The Egyptian army behind them. And this is what it says here in the next verse. Verse 19 and 20. The angel of God. Capital A. Angel. 
I think that refers to Jesus, who went before the camp of Israel as a cloud, moved behind them, and the pillar that was before them went and stood behind them. While you are busy confessing the word of God, he's covering your backside. They were in fog. They couldn't see. Heaven's armies started to move down and come between you and the enemy. The children of Israel were never in any threat. God was on the scene. God was on the scene. It says the, the angel, the angel of the Lord came down. The angel of the Lord came down. The Bible tells us that are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. The angel, the Greek word for salvation, the esoteric, they come to work for us who are going to be delivered. They come to work for us who are going to be preserved. They come to work for us who are being well-being and our health. When I declare, God is for me, he's going to fight this battle, he's going to win. He comes and shows and says, angels, you better get busy. Oh, the, the Egyptians come into the dry land after the, uh, through the parting of the sea, and they come in there with their chariots, they're going to go and catch these guys, and the angels get involved. The angels go and start playing with the hubcaps and the wheels of the chariots, taking them, and all of a sudden the chariots are falling into the mud, and they can't move, and whoa, I'm not moving, and he slows them. Angels working on your behalf. Oh, maybe in your job or your promotions. I heard about it last night. Someone's telling me. And in their job, the angels start getting involved. And all of a sudden, this guy leads. And then this guy leads. And then I've got a recruiter phoning me from there. Da, 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 da. And the angels are getting involved. All I'm doing is focusing on the Word of God. And I'm releasing my angels. Do you know why? Because the Word of God says, Bless you, the Lord, you angels, who excel in strength and do His Word. Angels don't just do anything. They do the Word of God. They do the word of God. They heed the voice of the word. You've got to get the word. You've got to match your problem with a promise. You've got to find out what the Bible say about it. When you start to speak the word, the angel says, I've got work to do. Excuse me. And they go to work. Woohoo! What's the time like? Have I got any more time? Plenty. One last story. One last story. And I'm, I'll sit down. Ever heard of a guy by the name of David and Goliath? Little, little David, little big Goliath. Goliath was a giant. Nine feet tall, the Bible tells. Insurmountable. He was, the problems that he was representing were in huge, just untouchable. It reminds me of the, the, the New, Zealand, New Zealand rugby team. Have you ever watched them play? Before they start playing, they do the haka. And they say, look at me, look at me, I'm big, strong, and ugly. Okay? And they're doing this. And, they say, and then they start to confess the devil stuff. And they pull all the funny faces. What are they trying to do? Scare you. So don't go to New Zealand, I'll tell you now. No, 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 good, no, good, not good, not good. Not good. They're the giant. I'm strong, I'm bad, I'm ugly. That's what he's doing, trying to scare you. Look at those symptoms. Look at those symptoms on your body. For 14 nights he shouted at them. That's chronic. It just goes on and on, morning, night and noon. You can't get rid of it. So loud. David comes along in the scene. He's a little boy, 17 years old. And dad sends him to take fish and chips to the brothers in the, 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 the army there. And he goes there and he's, he's bringing them some grub and everything. And he hears the giant. And do you know what they say to him? Oh, you're just a baby. Because he's, why don't we fight this guy? No, 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 no. David, you little boy, go out, out the way. you too young as a Christian. You shouldn't be quoting verses like that. You don't know enough of the Bible. You need to know more before you start quoting verses and releasing your angels. Do you know why they were criticizing him, the brothers? That's people in our church criticizing each other. 
the Bible says that the brothers were bigger than David. And they were actually embarrassed because they were supposed to do what David was going to do. And they were actually ashamed of themselves. So they will belittle somebody else. If everyone ever, somebody comes to you and says, you shouldn't be confessing that or believing that. They are a doubter and an unbeliever. They should be standing in faith themselves, but they're too chicken. They need to hear the sermon. I feel a spirit of strength coming on this house. I'm fed up with playing with the devil. Goliath comes along and says, David was going to fight him, comes down, and he starts to shout to him. First thing the giant says to David is, you're only a servant of Saul. He was trying to limit him to this realm. You're just one of those PCF people. You're nobody. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm a member of God's household. I come from the realm above. See, what was the giant do? Belittling. Trying to rip you of your identity. Because as long as you're just one of those, you'll never fight. Oh, no, I'm not. Put your shoulders back. Suck your tummy in. It looks good. <laughs> and stand up and say, Almighty God's going to fight for me. So the, day, the, the giant tries something else and says, Come here, and I'm going to give your flesh, somebody say physical realm, to the birds and to the beasts of the What's he trying to do? The, devil's, the giant is trying to take you into the physical realm. David says, oh no, not a chance. He says, today the Lord will rescue me. Like he did with the lion and the bear. Hey, he goes to his past. He starts to remember my past. Now he has a choice. David has a choice. He could start there. Oh, I'm just the, the littlest in the family. I wasn't even allowed to go to the war. I just stand here and look after the sheep. And now I just do fish and chips runs. That's all I do. I'm a delivery boy. I'm a worthless one. Oh, woe is me. No, he didn't. He starts to remember, hey, I killed a bear. I killed a lion. Her. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that's going to take? I can do this. He had a choice to make. I'm going to focus on how small and weak I am. Or I can focus on how big my God is. Watch this. Let's see if I can find the verse. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and the javelin in the physical realm. I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts and the armies of heaven, the God of the armies of Israel. He immediately hooks up to the heavenly realm. The devil's trying to fight him in the physical realm. But I'm going up to the heavenly realm. <laughs> and then he starts to activate. You see, first thing he did was he watched his mouth. He got the word, heavenly host, Lord of hosts. He starts to speak it. Now he activates. He reaches in and gets some stones out of his thing, out of his bag. He puts them into his slingshot. And I think he was most probably going to miss. So his angels get on scene. There's no verses for this in the Bible, by the way. This is purely me making some uh, drama. And the angels get involved. And that he slings that rock off there. And the angels took hand by hand. And it was a missile guided stone. Bang into the head of the giant. Oh my goodness, when you decide to go this lane, say, I put my trust in Jehovah. I put my trust in God's word. I trust. The angels are going to get involved. They sent to minister to you, 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 you. I even know my angels' names. I'm serious, I do. I've got two of them. They follow me wherever I go. Bible says so. Surely, goodness and mercy. They follow me. <laughs> Don't mess with me, mate. I've got two angels. And I'll tell you what, they're bigger than Goliath. Make mincemeat of him. 
That's how you kill a giant. Number one, know that there are two realms. Which one are you fighting from? Number two, no, that was number zero. Number one was, watch your mouth. Number two, (laughs) get the word of God. Number three, activate something, do something. If you need a job, I've got a novel idea for you. Apply for one. That's a word of wisdom for someone. Get off your lazy... Charles, just leave it there. Yeah, okay, I'll leave it there. Okay, I'm getting the nod. I need a worship team up here. I've gone on far longer than I wanted to, but I am passionate about this. Let's, let's not fight in the physical. Let's go up into the heavenly realm. I want to tell you guys, listen, I don't know what the devil is trying to do with you, what circumstances you face, but I can tell you one thing. With the word of God on your lips and in your heart, you can't lose. We are so much bigger than that. God is fighting for it.